Welcome to the CFO Circle podcast. I'm Madhurima, your host, and this podcast is brought to you by High Radius. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, how CFOs in healthcare industry cannot wait for the current uncertainty to clear before planning for the future. And navigating hospitals through the now, near, and far of the industry forever has changed post COVID 19. And that requires a new kind of finance leader. Healthcare finance leaders, in addition to dealing with immediate financial needs and fallout of the crisis, must find ways to close major budget gaps and develop sophisticated plans for financial recovery. And this is the time when financial leaders must deploy leadership skills as well as their financial management skills. So on that note, we are going to welcome our guest on the show today. That's Carolina Vieira. Uh, welcome to the show, Carolina. How are you doing? Hi, Maddie. Thank you so much for the invite. And I'm phenomenal today. A lot of energy. It's Friday, so it's always a great day to, to do anything, right? So I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for taking time. Now, before we get started, Carolina, I have a quick introduction for you that I want everybody to know. Uh, so I'll get started with it and we'll then we'll drill down deep into our conversation. So uh, Carolina Vieira is an author and speaker and a consultant. She has developed, interpreted, monitored complex business anal financial analysis, projections, modeling and reports in support of business development and operational decision making. Uh, she has also taking, taken strategic initiatives that have an impact on the quality of care for all patients. She was the director of finance at CareMax until 2020 and is currently director of strategic partnerships at CSRDEI. She's also a part of Hispanic Star Initiative, an unparalleled collective goodwill effort to advance the Hispanic community in the U.S. So, you know, Carolina, uh, before we get started, uh, I know that you have worked a majority of your career in healthcare industry. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey as a finance leader? And why did you choose to be in healthcare at, at that given point? Thank you for the question, Mary. I always found business and strategy and, and numbers interesting. So um, I, I went into finance out of, I guess, out of luck. Well, I did go for an undergrad in accounting and then business entrepreneurship, business uh, management. Um, but I found uh, finance uh, a little after doing the accounting process and that financial analysis always got me right, and creating budget, and then looking looking at how your forecast ties to the the results. So that was an interesting um, uh, path on my way, uh, and and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then I started in the renewable energy sector, and then I moved into healthcare. And I think they tie uh, together. They're, they it's about improving always the quality of life of people in general and something that is really close to my heart it's sustainable finance it's how we can uh, implement strategy and and financial analysis and uh, getting everyone involved into not only revenue creating additional revenue or streams of revenue um, reducing costs but at the same time how do we make things better for the community and for everyone in general so that has been my my path in finance, um, then I'm, I'm now I'm part of the strategic team. We're looking at developing and expanding into new markets. So it's it's uh, it's wonderful to see how ideas flow and we can get everyone on board and bring value-based care and transformative care to the different patients and the different areas, especially the underserved communities that need the 
the most help. Um, so to me, finance can be more than just numbers. It can be, it can generate real impact in people's lives. And I think, um, especially after COVID, you can see that transformation and that now financial leaders or finance leaders are not only looking at the numbers, they're going beyond the numbers and understanding that you need the support of the whole, all the teams, the marketing team, the uh, strategy team, the operational, the clinical side, to really think about ways where we can not only improve our bottom line, but doing do it in a sustainable, in a meaningful way, in, a, in an intentional way to improve people's lives. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. So, uh, Carolina, you know, you've seen how things have changed in the healthcare industry, uh, specifically because of pandemic. So what have been the emerging risks, challenges, surprises and opportunities for finance leaders working in healthcare industry as per you? I, I truly believe that not, not being afraid of taking risks when hiring talent has been detrimental. I mean, I've, I've met with, uh, I've been in different conversations and different panel discussions and how we're thinking outside of the box. And when we think finance, it's no longer, oh, this person with this long resume just producing uh, financial analysis uh, in, in month and close. Now we're going beyond that and, and we're using talent from other areas in because they have original ideas that maybe we can we see things in a certain way, but if we bring talent from other areas, then um, we can uh, not only create more inclusive environments, but also create make room for innovation for um, just thinking outside of the box and, and trying to do things differently. Um, but it also opened the door for technology, right? It also opened the door for um, uh, improving processes. I mean, before COVID, I'm sure that many companies had uh, their AP processes, uh, probably manual, 50% manual, or I would dare to say even, you know, 60, 70% manual. And then now after COVID, guess what? We have to find a way to make it to streamline it and to use technology. And uh, we can no longer rely on mail. Everything has to be via uh, some type of platform that facilitates things and make things faster. And, and, and technology, by using this technology, it allows us to create efficiencies, to, do, to make payments faster, to receive revenue faster. We also, because of COVID, I think, we had to be intentional and find new ways of generating income. Um, and, and, and that also played a role, bringing that, that innovation and that talent who thinks outside of the box, like I mentioned before, that helps. And threatening the relationships with the suppliers, with the vendors, with the hospitals, with the help plans, making sure that it's no longer one-sided, but more like a win-win situation uh, where they benefit and we benefit and we work together and we streamline processes. We know that now we have to send information, credentialing and, and, and you know, everything that, re that it's required. I mean, from the front desk to the, to the, to when the patient is discharged, it all, we all need to work together to make sure not only that the patient is healthy, but also that the partners, the ones offering the services, the ones, the insurance, everyone um, gets, sees the benefit. So technology, talent, um, uh, creating efficiencies, all has been the result in a faster way. Because I think we would have gotten there, but it, it was definitely faster thanks to, to the pandemic. 
since we've talked about how healthcare industries evolved um and specifically because of pandemic acting as a catalyst where is caremax placed on its digital journey with caremax and and thank you for mentioning that we manage medical centers we operate many medical centers in florida and new york and tennessee here in the states uh there's some plans to continue expanding and and now we've acquired um MSOs and 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 we're expanding into 10 new markets so it's the growth it's exponential but i think that um on the technology side uh we also have programs and um and applications that allows us to look at the patient's data in real time and be be informed about what's happening and in a way prevent what could happen i mean by having that data you know that the the patient or ex patient may need some type of additional support um and that's when we go back to the social determinants of health but maybe that the the patient is not eating right so we know that we need to provide additional resources or connect them to the partners that provide those resources um also telehealth uh, everyone has been using telehealth not only for uh, to see the their doctor to to connect with a doctor but even to provide additional services let's do zumba um online right let's use um some type of application like this one to connect and to see uh, how, what other patients are also doing and create a sense of community so we have benefited from using the technology but also creating using what's available to create to provide the same type of services in a different way and before it was there it was available it was accessible but i think that we had to take the risk and it unfortunately it had to be something like a pandemic to to take that risk right because we were thinking it's either it was impossible or the patients were not be technology technologically savvy and guess what they're very aware and they they love technology and they they're very adept but then you have to work on partnerships with other vendors with other suppliers with uh, with health plans to provide the resources to them because now if we we're, we're going to use technology in our services we need to ensure that they have the equipment they have access to to internet or to wifi so there's there's a lot of real partnerships that had to be created and that's part of the it is technology driven but it's it's also it also made room for a lot of interaction and human interaction more than anything coincidentally and um what do finance leaders need to do to ensure that they reap the full benefit of digitization let's say in back office operation processes so i think that to me it's always important to communicate and to talk to our our talent and to understand what their needs are um i see a lot of ideas and a lot of programs being brought to to companies and not really understanding the people the the decision makers not really understanding what's really needed and sometimes we end up getting or companies end up buying things that are not not creating any efficiencies so to me the starting point should be talk to your talk to your teams and understand what the needs are um obviously there's big corporations who can invest a lot of money in 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 programs and see what works determine what works later down the road um with corporations like Caremax we're very adamant about really understanding 
what's needed, how we can benefit from it, and then making the decision to to uh, get that technology component and implement it. Um, but yeah, listening to them. Also, obviously by bringing technology, you are able to allocate resources in a different way, right? And now you're not dedicating so much time to the manual processes for what can be avoided. And you're releasing that, uh, that, that person, that time to, try to find or create efficiencies in other areas. So that's why I think I'm, I'm a big proponent of technology for many reasons, but it really makes life easier for everyone. I mean, um, getting paid, it could it could take three months and now, or three to six months. Now we reduce the time to like a month if we do it right, if we have all the information, if we follow all the steps, but then we can avoid write-offs, we can avoid um hiccups right um along the way so to us it's important to understand what what's truly needed have those dif- those conversations with the teams um how we can use those resources not only for one team but different teams um as well that's important and then once we have implemented we have uh, discovered that that works for us how we can ensure that that time is used for other areas so we can also create efficiencies and build efficiencies in in in, in areas that we would have never had time to to work on and um, you know you mentioned difficulty in collection of the invoices bills that often are there in healthcare space so i want to talk a little more about the outstanding pace uh, payments that are often uh, seen at um, you know healthcare spaces uh, and I, I think uh, one of the main reasons for aged accounts receivables in healthcare space uh, is insurance companies' inability or unwillingness to accept a claim leading to outstanding payments. How challenging it, is it to collect these payments, specifically during you know pandemic, and even and how has it changed now? Well, it's always challenging. <laughs> It, you know, and I don't think it's ever going to stop being challenging. I think from where I where I sit and, and managing medical centers and operating medical centers, I know that every single person is important. From the front desk and the way that you're collecting data, ensuring that the insurance is up to date, uh, ensuring that you have the right information for the patient, it all plays a role. Ensuring that you have the right credentialing for uh, your providers, your doctors, your uh, that's also very important because without that, insurance insurance companies are not going to to execute on the payment. Um, ensuring that we file claims on a timely manner, all mm-hmm. of that is important. So that's why establishing a good relationship with helplines it's important with insurance companies because. If, if you run into hiccups, which we all are going to run into, at least we have somebody on their end that it's going to advocate for us. Because, um, you know, when you are, if you have a question about a claim and this is what happens, right? Usually they, they deny the claim and you have to go back and forth and make the changes. And typically you will have to deal with anyone anywhere in the world and, and try to um, make sense of what's happening and then if you need to continue that conversation on a later day, you're not necessarily going to have that person 
to deal with. It's probably going to be a, a different person. So you lose time because now, even if you want it to, you cannot continue that conversation with the same person. So having an advocate on the insurance side, on the helpline side to kind of guide you and, and um, make, I don't want to say make things easier for you, but provide a hand if you have these difficult claims to deal with, that's, that's helpful. But also with te the technology that has been implemented, now you can do, you can submit claims and everything and upload and, and it gets processed faster. So I think that's also helpful the that health insurance companies have and are using more and more technology to for processes that before they wouldn't use them for. Before you will have to fax the claim and wait for an answer and then connect with somebody. Now it's, let's upload it. You get a response back, uh, complete what needs to be completed and then resubmit it. And, and, and that process has been streamlined thanks to technology. What are some of the best practices that you would suggest to your peers in healthcare industry? that can help them improve their collections and reduce bad debt? You, you're going to laugh at this, but I am a big advocate of hiring the right, hiring good talent. Experienced collectors will be beneficial, even if you can have a couple, but they can train the other, the other collectors, you know, because if you bring, it's good to have a good mix of younger and inexperienced and then experienced professionals because they can feed off each other, right? The, the, the ones can provide innovative ideas, uh, things that we haven't thought about, and the the experienced ones can provide. Okay, this is how I do it, and it's work, and it's a, and a, a good way to do it. So they both benefit, and they both learn. It becomes a um, a stronger team, and by cultivating that talent, it makes our departments better. So it ha I have to I have to say talent. I also have to say, obviously, compliance, uh, having a strong compliance team, knowing what's required, uh, having the to do and the, your tasks, making sure that every bucket is is completed, uh, being very adamant about timing and making sure that everything's done on and in an efficient way, you know, on a timely manner, building strong partnerships with uh, with helplines, with providers with whomever is part of your, in our case, our supply chain, uh, with doctors, establishing also relationships with the patients because the patients are giving you the data, right? And if, they, if they're not providing the right data, that's another issue. So building that relationship, cultivating that relationship, it also plays a role. But also, and, the, and one of the most important things, it's investing in technology. Understanding, even if we cannot do everything we can start identifying okay what are the key issues then again talking to our people talking to our team members if you could have three things out of the 10 that you need what would those be and understanding that there's programs and there's technology out there that it's not necessarily uh super super expensive but it's going to alleviate uh, other costs right and kind of like do an analysis a return on investment for that that uh, particular piece of technology because then you can estimate not only what the reduction in operational costs but also is it producing any additional stream of income and what's the impact right how many more patients are going to be healthy um that that is also important as you know we're very value-based oriented so to us those outcomes are more than 
that's part of the payout, right? That's that's part of the return on investment. So everything plays a role. So I, I, I think all of those are important components of how to do business in this new era after the pandemic. It's not only then again, and that's why I believe in that sustainable finance uh, concept where you not, you're not only looking at what we used to see. Oh, okay, so what's the bottom line? What was the impact there? It's also, there's an, a social impact. There's a, an impact on the on environment. There's an impact on your team members. Are they happy and content? If they're happy and content and you have a good culture, they're going to produce better results. They're going to really wear the, the wear the company uh, uh, on, and, and have the company close to their heart and they're going to do what's best for the company. So there's there's many things here. There's a lot of room uh, to do things right. Absolutely. And I think helping your employees upskill themselves is something that will also help keep those high performing collectors or mm -hmm. any other uh, you know area that you probably want to focus on improving. Uh, would you agree? Absolutely. And that's a great point, actually, um, because, Maddie, I mean, the, um, if the employees are happy, and I know it, we all say that employees are happy, then everybody's happy, customers are happy, you know, it's going to produce better results. But upskilling and, and, and providing additional resources and additional opportunities for growth for your, for your team members, it not only requires the, the interaction with more experienced team members and younger or inexperienced team members, but also it's the interaction with the leadership, the exposure to that, or the exposure to just sharing their ideas and, and, and involving them in the process, right? I mean, if you're thinking, like I said, if you're thinking of investing in new technology, let's ask them. They're going to take responsibility, be account. They, they're going to feel like their voices are being heard and they're going to be part of the decision-making process. And that gives them more power, uh, gives them more, how can I say? They, It's going to align more with their purpose and it's going to bring the best um, out of them to you know the the day-to-day -day, their day their their daily jobs so that's important too and and i think when we don't do things like that when we don't invest in them we're missing a great opportunity because our talent it's what makes us successful too yes it's providing services we're there to to serve communities serve the patients but it all starts with our team members not only from the like i mentioned in our case, from the front desk, the, the minute that the patient comes in, they're dealing with people. They're mm -hmm. interacting with somebody there. And then uh, the doctor, and then, you know, the by a technician. Um, so, and then after that, if there's follow-up questions, they're gonna be getting a, 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 a question from our collectors because they have questions about their claims. So it is, it is time for us to really invest in our own people and make room and, and create opportunities for them to grow within the company it's it's only going to be beneficial to us absolutely and you know since you talk about uh, you know how employees should be involved in decision making we should probably be asking them what kind of tools do they need to be better at what they're doing um, if we talk about technology and we talk about automation let's say for collections right um, mm -hmm. how important is a structured and automated collection strategy for um, healthcare sector, in your opinion? 
Well, it makes things easier, right? If everyone knows what to do next and what the different steps are, it's easier to train people if, and, and it's easier to know that there's less room for error because you're going to rely on that technology to do things that maybe it were time consuming or, or it require additional review or additional um, testing and that sort of thing. So to me, the benefit is it's right there in there. It's like I mentioned, technology helps you to build efficiencies. It's invaluable because once you make things, once you create that process and make it faster, you get a, you get the, the income that you need in a faster way. Right. But mm -hmm. I think that we're missing too. It's not only to collect the income faster and to collect the revenue faster, but what we're also not looking at as corporations is the other side. Okay. How are we spending money? Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and are we taking advantages of the discounts if we pay faster? So that the, the, if we use technology to streamline the process of the collection and make and collect money in a, in a faster way, that gives us, that makes room to have better cash flows and also opportunities to, instead of paying a hundred percent, we pay 90 because there's a discount of 10 there. So there's, you can, by investing in technology, you can increase revenue, but also decrease the operational and, and all the costs, right? The, mm -hmm. uh, the overhead costs as well. So to me, if you ask me, it's, it's a no brainer, right? If mm -hmm. anything that can help streamline the collection process, those are opportunities that companies like CareMax and other healthcare organizations cannot miss out. Mm -hmm. We need, we need that revenue. We need, we need revenue to continue operating and, and, and being sustainable. So definitely those are the uh, technology components that I would always love to invest in. If there's, if you have everything and available and you need to make a decision, it's, it should be, we should start with how to streamline the collection process and, and make it beneficial to us. Right. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And uh, in your experience, what kind of challenges uh, or, you know, what kind of details often tend to, you know, fall through cracks that, um, you know, probably cause unpaid balances to accumulate in, in at, let's say, CareMax or in general in healthcare industry? To me, it's been the basics. It's been the demographics of the patients, not getting the right information or the coding, right? Because then you have the ICD codes, ICD-10 codes. If you're using the wrong code, the the insurance companies are going to kick, are gonna send back that claim. So when I say the basics and not uh, having the right data, that goes back to training your your people to have the right information, mm -hmm. um, in in ensuring that you have uh, professionals there, that you have collectors there. Uh, that know what to do, but it, it goes back to what you mentioned, having kind of like a to-do list of, okay, this is what you need to do. Step one, step two. So having something already established a process or processes okay. that everyone can be, can follow that step one, training your, your, your personnel, your team members on effectively using it. That's step two. Um, and then that tends to fall through the crack and, and it may seem obvious, but I've, I see it day after day where, uh, claims get denied for those basic things, right. Or, 
oh, we thought that our doctors were credentialed until 2023, but guess what? It, it expired on 2022. That's another thing. And just how are you keeping track uh, of that? If maybe you don't have a system in place to keep track of your credential, of your credentialing. So how do you create something? Maybe you're going to use Excel, but how do you make sure that it's something that you review on a consistent basis and that's where the use of technology could be beneficial to the company so identifying pain, po pain points it's important so uh so we know where to invest and um what type of technology is needed uh but yeah i mean to me I, if you ask me it's it's more about the basics uh and and the talent and training and um, following the right process, the, the, the right procedures more than anything. Um, my next question is on payment write-off. We did talk about it in the beginning of this podcast. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wanted to understand, Carolina, you know, payment write-offs, no matter how uh, in inconsequential or smaller an amount, can definitely have an impact on the bottom line. Uh, do you see a lot of unwarranted write-offs at CareMax? If yes, how do you avoid them? I don't see a lot of them, but I see them. Mm -hmm. And no matter how big or how small, nobody wants to, everyone wants to avoid write-offs uh, to the best of their abilities. So it's always a pain point there. It's it's having the right, having the right technology plays a part, having the, knowing when your timeline, what your timelines are uh, up to, you have a month to submit a claim, okay. How are we tracking that? How are we ensuring that we're up to date with the information and that we're submitting and uploading that information timely? Um, communicating, creating, building expectations with the teams. Um, even thinking how to tie, and obviously we do, how we effectively tie their performance to their bonuses and their pay and their pay increases. All of that plays a role because the better you do, the better the company does and um, the, the less write-offs we may get because it does come down to uh, what information is being provided, how accurate it is, uh, how fast is, is it being provided, what communicate, what follow-up are you doing with the claims. Did some claim fall, fell through the cracks? And when they do, that's, that's what happens with the write-offs. Uh, there's write-offs that no matter what you do, you can be on top of them. And if the insurance company doesn't want to pay it, it doesn't want to pay it, that's it. I mean, there's not much you can do. And those are the ones that are painful, but those are the ones that I believe can be avoided by having uh, the right partnerships and, and having those conversations with the insurance companies and the, with those advocates and telling them, I mean, we're doing everything we can do. What's, what's the problem? And then, um, ensuring that they understand that that's also a problem for us. And if we are not operating efficiently, they are not, they are also not going to operate efficiently. So there's, there's a lot of communication there um, that helps with, with those write-offs, not only internal communication, but also external communication, but definitely also technology, using technology to, to ensure that the processes are streamlined and then we do things faster and, and, and efficiently as well. And, and using all the resources that we we have to ensure that the data of the patient is correct, that um, the data regarding the, the services provided is correct. So there's it has to be a combination of all those elements, internal, external communications, the partnerships, and obviously technology.
And what do you feel um, about the payments uh, that you get in terms of the modes in which they are made or received? Um, and how, how, do, how important is it to accept payments through variety of methods and ways? Oh, imagine that. I mean, if, if you have many ways of, of getting paid, don't you love that? I mean, if, if just imagine having you, your own business, whatever it is. And, oh, okay, I only take cash. People are going to be like, okay, I'm not going to buy from you. Because then the person next door, they let me use sell and they use, let me use Apple Pay and they let me, you know, and it's the same thing with, uh, with, with our business, right? It's having different ways that, uh, our, that other companies can pay us. It's just going to increase the, the, the sources of revenue, right? I mean, not the sources, but the ways that we're collecting revenue. Mm -hmm. So investing in that, that's also another area where I would definitely spend some time and, and analyzing and, and looking at what the return on investment would be. But that's another area that it's quite important for, for us. Got it. So, you know, we come to conclusion of this podcast, uh, Carolina. And before we wind this up, I, I actually want to ask you one last question. And that is um, how or what are the top tips that you would give your peers to enhance collections and payments in and receive payments on time in healthcare industry? To summarize, right? And I think I've been adamant about the, your talent, training mm -hmm. the talent, spending time with the talent, making sure that they understand the why, why we do things the way we do them uh, and who are we impacting. That, that tells a different story. It's not only, oh, it's patient ABC and we're collecting 10,000, a million dollars, whatever the number is. No, it's it's understanding what we're trying to accomplish. In our case, it's access to healthcare and making sure that patients are taken care of and 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 that, that helps society in general. Um, so investing time in your talent, time and resources, um, but also investing in the right technology and knowing what the right technology is needed will start with your team. We'll start with uh, understanding what their needs are to make them more efficient uh, along the way. Um, and also partnerships and communication, not only like I mentioned internal, but also external and in creating and building those relationships with the helplines and the insurance companies, ensuring that they understand that this is a partnership. This is a meaningful partnership. This is a when it has to be a win-win situation for the both of us to make it successful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your opinions today on CFO Circle Podcast. Really appreciate your time for doing this. And for our listeners out there, I hope this was an interesting conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more.